Hello and welcome to this playoff edition of the Pro Football Jokes podcast. We are going to talk about all the wild card games as well as look at all the teams that are not involved with the playoffs. All of them seem to be apparently getting a new coach and we're going to preview next week's games. So we have a great show for you guys and I am Jemp and I am joined by the freaking beast himself. Alex, Alex how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, coming off, uh, my my birthday was yesterday. In case uh, any of you guys want to wish me a happy birthday, uh, anyone? Yeah, I guess. Okay. I guess. <laughs> Have a good birthday. Happy birthday, Alex. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was it was pretty good. Uh, ate a lot of food. Some would say not enough food. Well, I didn't say it was enough. I just said it was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And of course, Alex and I are joined. We decided to allow the unpaid intern to join in with us. So uh, how are you doing, Reed? I'm doing good. It's good to be back. It's been a while. People have asked, how have you been an unpaid intern for so long and still survived in the world? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) On money management there, I think people might care more about that than uh, football. Uh, I think we should just stick to the football talk. That's fair. Keep your secrets. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not like he has to, has to spend a lot on food. So, damn it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so many good things, and nothing's better than some uh, playoff football. Unfortunately, uh, the entire Pro Football Jokes staff, even the unpaid staff, couldn't get a team in the playoffs. So, not a good, not a good year for our teams. But there were some fun games, and let's go ahead and just kind of. Recap them a little bit here. Of course, we know, uh, looking at the first game here, that the Colts got off to a big lead that they would never uh, even come close to giving up, even though Houston did everything they could towards the end. Uh, Alex, what did you kind of see in this Colts-Houston game? Were you surprised at all? I I was a little surprised. I thought this was kind of the most disappointing game of the weekend to me, Um, not because – you know the Colts – because I thought it was – got a little more competitive towards the end, but – uh, I mean, the Texans just felt I felt like they didn't really come to play. I mean, Deshaun Watson just didn't uh, had maybe his worst game of the season. Uh, he just seemed to be missing throws uh, through a bunch of passes just right into the dirt. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins just clearly wasn't healthy after that uh, after that beginning stretch where he got hurt. Uh, and they don't really have any other receivers after him. So, yeah, I yes. think their injuries finally just started to catch up with them. Losing Will Fuller, losing Demaryius Thomas. And not even having a healthy DeAndre Hopkins. And it really showed a lot of the faults in the Texans, I think, when you were looking at them and realizing, wow, they have a lot of areas to improve upon. Their O-line is not great. They don't really have a stud running back. And their wide receiver core was pretty depleted there at the end. Yeah, it was interesting. Watson, I mean, of course, we love him. And nobody's a bigger fan of him than uh, Alex's. But uh, he had a rough game for a number of reasons. And it's just been kind of all season people want to kind of blame it on the offensive line being terrible which it has been but he also seems to just take some really bad sacks either moving into our oncoming pass rushers or just holding the ball too long but uh, yeah I certainly wasn't impressed by how he was handling the pocket but uh, that, that Colts defense do you guys really think it's for real moving forward I think it's a a pretty good deal. I mean I don't think it's one that's really going to scare people but I think it's solid they don't really have an an edge rusher, but they have a strong defensive line that's not going to give a lot of ground and can, you know, get in there, make the quarterback uncomfortable. Make it uncomfortable! (laughs) (laughs) 
And uh, their their secondary is uh, again just uh, their their whole defense is just really nothing special other than you know Darius Leonard obviously been a huge breakout star first team All Pro, um, mm-hmm. but other than him there there really isn't a ton of huge playmakers on the defense and even Darius Leonard while well, he's a really good linebacker he's not somebody who's as as a middle linebacker he's just a guy who kind of you know will make a bunch of tackles but huge impact plays aren't really what you expect from that position. But he got he got a first team All Pro as a rookie. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he led the league in tackles by quite a wide margin and had seven sacks. So I mean, yeah, pretty good play, pretty good season. Uh, but let's think about this from the Colts' perspective. Of course, they jumped out to that early lead, but uh, I mean, halfway through the second quarter, it's twenty-one to uh, I believe three. Am I mistaken? But either way, they're up a bunch, and uh, they just could not get anything going after that it seemed like dude was that just a product of them being up a bunch and they just kind of wanted the game to end or do you think that uh, in those last two and a half quarters uh, uh perhaps chiefs their next opponent will have found something in there that they can use against this colts offense well i think the chiefs defense isn't really as good as the as the texans defense um I think the, the Texans defense, the defense has really gotten healthier. Uh, their secondary had some injuries earlier in the year, but everybody kind of came back. And I, I don't know, they the Colts managed to jump out early. I think the defense kind of settled in. And I, I do think it was a little bit of a product of uh, them getting a little more comfortable um, with a lead, maybe getting a little lackadaisical. Um but I, I'm not. I'm not too worried about the offense. I think that they'll be able to. Uh, I think they'll be able to continue to score points against that against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the running game impressed me from the Colts. I mean, again, and trying to run on the clock, I couldn't get many more points. But uh, Mac was running the ball pretty well all throughout that game against a pretty good Houston defense against the run. So, uh, yeah, the Colts are looking pretty strong going forward. And um, another team that might even be surprising. Uh, I don't know, it would have been a debate before this game, which is a better Texas team, but uh, the Cowboys against Seahawks game. Uh, Reed, what what'd you make out of that one? Uh, I mean, it was close. It was close. Um, I got to admit, I did not watch all of it. But, I mean, Dak, he showed up when they needed him. And that third and 14 got him down to the one-yard line, punched it in afterwards, and – you know, Zeke carries that offense like normal. Um, Amari Cooper's still producing. It's unfortunate that they lost Alan Hearns in a gruesome-looking injury, but a little gruesome, yeah. But they're going to keep charging. I think that whole trade has just turned their season around. And, I mean, yeah, that's all about yeah. That's about all I have to say about I, that. I would have yeah, traded Cooper the <laughs> yeah i mean uh, uh amari cooper definitely showed up to play um i wasn't completely surprised by the outcome i did pick the seahawks because i thought in the end russell wilson would uh get it done and you did see him go down the field and score when they needed him but it was just that you you, you pointed out the third that third and 14 was just kind of a backbreaker had they been able to stop him there then you know they're only down six probably and maybe the the Seahawks can drive for the game winning score um but uh, i the 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 Seahawks just uh wouldn't give up on their running game 
Um, I mean, th- that's what's carried him to this point. So I understand why they, they wanted to stick with it, but they could not get anything going on the ground. This Cowboys defense was just too good. And they shut down the running game and the Seahawks refused to, to go away from it. Um, but then I, I, I feel like it might've been a mistake. Cause you see there at the end when Russell Wilson needed to score, he, he drove them right down the field and got in the end zone. Yeah, and uh, it was a heck of a drive. Yeah, I had to pick Seattle because I thought uh, Russell Hustle and Bustle was going to go ahead and, and win this game. He's just been so dynamic, especially in the playoffs and in clutch situations. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think he did not get enough of an opportunity. The Seahawks tried to um, forge their identity, but the Cowboys really have been uh, grounded on defense this year and, and running the ball themselves. And, I mean, the Cowboys' identity just won out more than uh, Seattle did. They had playmakers step up, Dak, um, doing more with his legs, and the Cowboys' offense gets a lot more dangerous when they kind of unlock him in that sort of way, uh, let him be a threat with his legs, and then kind of open up some of those easier passes. Uh, and then Zeke, of course, gets going. Uh, so uh, impressive win overall by the Cowboys to, to play a good Seahawks team. I mean, that Janikowski injury made it a little weird for the Seahawks there. Uh yeah, I do have to say that they had one of the worst onside kick attempts I've just ever seen. Tough to it call was, that an onside kick. I think they just were <laughs> they were just forfeiting. <laughs> they were just hoping uh, the the Cowboys just wouldn't expect it, and Cole Beasley would be like, "Oh, he's just kicking it." I mean, a sprint up and forget. <laughs> I just love the close-up on Pete Carroll's face, just him chewing his gum as hard as ever, just shaking his head like, <sighs> They were just hoping for the muff punt, you know? It happens so often that, like, maybe they'll slip. But, yeah, now it's crazy. I mean, you can't blame him. Yeah, you want to say practice all situations or whatever, but this dude, I mean, clearly has practiced dropkick field goals, but not dropkick onside. So uh, that was a, a little tough for the Seahawks fans there. I mean, not as bad as watching Justin Tucker try to get an onside kick uh, successfully for his first time. But um, thinking about that, let's let's continue this along by looking at that uh, Chargers-Ravens game, which is a rematch of a couple weeks ago and was uh, really an impressive game and, and was one that uh, had people calling for Joe Flacco. So you know it's a desperate situation, people are saying, put in Joe at this point. Uh, but what was going through your mind was as you were watching this game, Alex? Um, yeah, I, I – I really enjoyed this game. I know a lot of people thought, you know, this game was uh, kind of boring, but I, I thought that this was, I, I kind of expected the, the reason the Colts Texans was disappointing to me. was that I kind of expected that to be more of an offensive game, but these other three games, I, I looked, I thought there were a lot of good defenses and I thought they would be lower scoring. And that's what ended up happening in all three of those games. And especially this one, uh, Chargers defense just completely shut down the Ravens for at least the first three quarters. And then, Mar Jackson made a couple big plays uh, there at the end, um, but really they they couldn't get any sustained drives going. Um, Derwin James was just a beast there. Melvin Ingram had a heck of a game, um, and the, the, they completely shut down the Ravens' ground attack that had had completely run over everybody else. Yeah, they they seriously did a great job, and everybody was talking about how their their defense was built for like a, going against a modern offense, and we're wondering if it actually had what it took to go against such a unconventional running game. And uh, no, they were there, they stacked it, they were ready. They basically just said, "Lamar, we're going to make you throw it a bunch of times and struggle with it the whole time." And the Ravens 
again, either didn't trust him to throw it or, or, or thought they like the Seahawks were going to stick with their identity and it didn't, didn't work out. And then Lamar had some bad throws in this one, but, uh, how were you uh, feeling about Philip Rivers? I know, I mean, I'm a big fan just as you are of him, and he's had a dynamite season, but uh, how are you feeling about him going forward? Impressed by that game or left wanting more? I mean, I'm certainly yeah, – he didn't do anything impressive. Uh, he just kind of did what he had to do. I mean, the Ravens have a really good defense. He knew his defense was was making plays, and he, you know, he took care of the football um, and – it, he knew it. I mean, he, he got the scores when he needed to. Uh, I mean, a lot of it was based on his defense setting him up in good field position, but I mean, that's sometimes that's how it, how it works out. Uh, and I mean, that's how you win a game against a team like the Ravens. Yeah. It seemed like the press was more focused on how bad Lamar Jackson was playing. They didn't really care about Philip Rivers winning. It was yeah. all just talking about how Lamar fumbled three or four times, whatever it was. I mean, the whole Ravens team just kind of shouldn't have had that popcorn before the game. But uh, <laughs> the uh, Chargers, uh, again, Phil Rivers, like, I mean, I just feel like they had a couple opportunities, a couple chances to really put the game away. And obviously they were always in control and it would have taken some crazy um, late game heroics that weren't quite in J- Jackson's possibilities. But uh, Phil missed a couple open throws, really. I mean, you can say great defense, you can say pressure on him things, but uh, – it would have been great for him to just kind of knock that one out of the park, make it a little bit easier. He even said in his post-game presser that he missed a open throw there to go up 27 to uh, forgive me, whatever the Ravens were at at that time. But uh, um, I, I did like the fire he had even running for that like 14 yard scramble for the first down, whatever it was exactly. And just, you can tell he, yeah. he understands that this season is might be the best chance he ever had or, or will be the best chance he ever gets again. So he's, um, going to do everything he can to be prepared for the Patriots, I have no doubt. And uh, I'm, I'm excited that he did a little surviving advance there towards the end. Yeah, and can I just say, I, I, I think, Reeb, you might remember this. A, a few weeks ago, I was saying how you know teams just need to get rid of linebackers and play more DBs. That's exactly what the Chargers did in this game. And they completely shut down the run, the Ravens' running game. They did it against the Ravens. They were playing six DBs the whole game, and they – I mean, they have a bunch of good, fast DBs that can play in the box like Derwin James. I was about James. to say, it's great when you have the personnel. <laughs> I understand, but I'm seeing that's how teams should build their defenses, not just how they – I mean, obviously you can't just make that change midseason, but I'm saying that's how you yeah. should build, your, build a defense going forward. We yeah, got to just find all the Derwin James out there. <laughs> no, it was an impressive adjustment. I don't know if the uh, Chargers knew that the first time they played it or if they saved it, but, uh, you know, Gus Bradley, I find his spirit hard to be matched, and uh, he came out <laughs> came out ready for this one. It was, it was impressive. It also his probably spirit, helps. I find it hard to be matched. <laughs> it also probably helps that you're going against, like, a skeleton crew of the Ravens' tight end core and Lamar Jackson who can't throw the most accurate ball. Yeah. But I got to say, I was impressed by Harbaugh in the sense of um, he knew that Flacco was off this team after this year, and he also just recognized that Jackson is the future, uh, and this team believes in him even though he was garbage for most of the game. And uh, he was willing to take the heat, the flack. It, it means it would have been very easy for Jackson to finish that game with basically 50 yards passing and then lose by 20. Uh, but Harbaugh was saying, you know what, it's not only about this game and this season – Obviously, they wanted to win, but it was one of those where I'm setting this guy up to be my quarterback the next eight years. What kind of 
message am I sending if I bench him in the second half? I thought that was a great call by him. Yeah, I don't really understand all the the criticism there. I thought it was a fine decision. If if he is your quarterback that you are sticking with and you've made that decision already, then yeah, it's fine to stick with him. Yeah, but then if he yeah, gets I injured, think... then you have an RG three RG three situation. So yeah, well, I don't think Joe, Joe Flacco is going to be on the team next year, so I don't think that's. No, I mean that's that's why. If if it was even any sort of QB battle, then maybe you put Joe in to give a chance because I mean he has a chance to throw a couple deep balls. You never know what happens, get a spark going. But ultimately, uh, he's not going to be on the team next year, so uh, you can't even put him in there. It's just a kind of would disrupt your whole chemistry and locker room going forward. So that was a good call in a tough situation. But good for the Chargers. We look forward to them playing this next week. And the last uh, last game from the wild card. Uh, was an interesting one. The Eagles managed to sneak in as the Vikings fell apart down the stretch and played a, a surprisingly dominant Bears team all season. And, uh, you know, Nick Foles' magic continues. Unbelievable. Two, uh, I don't think I would have picked the Cowboys and Eagles coming out of that division and both winning playoff games at the start of the year or even five five weeks in. I've been impressed. <laughs> um, Wouldn't have done it last week. I was about to say, even a couple weeks ago, I <laughs> predicted it. That's also true. I didn't predict it. So that's <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty crazy. But yeah, so um, Bears defense, not good enough against Nick Foles. Yeah, it's not like I think uh, Nick Foles had like a great game. Uh, I thought uh, really the teams uh, looked pretty similar. Like the, uh, the Eagles defense has been really good over the past, you know, since Nick Foles has come in, really. I mean, I don't know if there's a correlation there or if it's just coincidence, but well, they, uh, they, I mean, they somehow shut down the great Mitchell Trubisky. So, you know, this defense is for real. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm saying like the, the, uh, I think Mitch and Nick Foles had kind of similar games. Uh, the only difference, I, I mean, Really, I don't even know that there was a difference. I mean, Nick Foles, I think, makes critical throws at critical times, and really, he's hard to stop when he like on when you look at some of his throws. It's just a throw over the middle to Alshon Jeffrey or Zach Ertz, and he puts it just right in their outstretched arms, and they're, they have strong hands, and you can't knock it out of there. Um, and that's kind of his bread and butter. He'll make a few mistakes. He threw a few interceptions in this game. Uh, Mitch Trubisky should have thrown a few interceptions in the the game. (laughs) Like, I think he made some great throws too, but uh, for the most part, I I really wasn't all that impressed with him. Um, But he did, he did drive them down there. I mean, he got help from a Trico and return and set up, set up the game winning field goal. I mean, I think this was a game where either team could have won. Obviously they came down to a last second field goal and ended up bouncing off. The crossbar and up, right? Yeah, it, it was it was tipped, um, but uh, it won't stop people from making fun of Cody Parkey. So, no, no, that's tough. But I mean, they had they had ample opportunity. I mean, even the two point conversion play that they ran to try and go up seven was a garbage play. But then they had the big stop to not go down three. So I mean, they gave themselves plenty of chances to win. I mean, I truly think the Bears uh, had every opportunity to win this game. Not even just with that last field goal. <laughs> And the the Eagles somehow snuck by, and maybe that'll bring some momentum for them as they go forward. But I just was, uh, I was in disbelief that the Bears couldn't actually get the W. And I mean, honestly, I think Trubisky is a big reason why they couldn't. It just I know the Eagles' defense was pretty strong, but your defense was doing so much and put you in some great spots and just consistently 
bad throws. And I just thought Mitchell like couldn't even run effectively. And I guess I would give credit to the Eagles defense for being ready and kind of shutting down those run lanes. He would always kind of pull the ball down and think he could get 10 yards. And then suddenly he would get three as he kind of ran to the left and then fell down. Uh, It kind of stopped his mobility and he just seemed uncomfortable after that. He did get nicked up a little bit at the beginning of the game. He he got looked by looked at by a trainer and then yeah um, he kind of stopped running after that. Yeah, he looked like um, he was moving fine though. I I don't know. I, I the big biggest question for me is why why didn't they give the ball to Jordan Howard more? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised you're asking. <laughs> Dude, he was running well though, like when he was got the ball. But it's just I, I don't they know just, why they didn't they played, feed, feed him more. And the, and the Eagles' rush defense was not that great, like just all season long. I mean, that's the kind of day where you just feed it to him up the middle, and you keep these long drives going, and you try to tire out that Eagles' defense, so and then your defense can just clamp down. But uh, I do have to say, uh, I was I know the Bears had amazing stops all day. They did everything on defense in order to actually win a football game. But when you the other team has to go sixty yards to win the football game and you're the best defense in the NFL, one of the best defenses, yada, 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 is whatever statistics you want. I mean, that's your chance to win in advance. You, you have your your best unit out there. And honestly, I, I was waiting for Mac to make that one big sack that killed that drive. I was waiting for somebody to deflect the ball, maybe make a big play. And I mean, Nick Foles and the Eagles were prepared for that drive and just took it home. And I couldn't believe, I mean, they used Golden Tate on fourth down. Uh, the Bears couldn't get the stop they needed. I mean, that's... Uh, do we say now that the Eagles have won that trade since Golden Tate kind of won them playoff game? I don't really think there's a need, honestly, to d- declare a winner for that. I mean, <laughs> make fun of me if you want to, but I mean, Golden Tate yeah, wasn't going to make the Lions any better. So yeah, they, they got a yeah. third rounder. You could do the same thing for Amari Cooper. Like, ooh, the Cowboys won that. But no, it was a good trade for the Cowboys. And I believe the Raiders would rather have the first round pick than they would have a disgruntled Amari on their team. So it's not, it's not always about winning and losing. I mean, trading in ideally is helping both sides. Uh, sometimes somebody just makes a terrible choice and gets uh, taken for like eight picks for uh, a quarterback that only plays a season. But, you know, uh, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, well, I didn't appreciate that. But um, <laughs> I, I no, I, I agree. I think you know, trades don't have to have a winner and a loser. I, I, I mean, I would rather Fulton Tate than a third round pick, but I'd, I, would, I, I would too, if I'm being honest. But uh, <laughs> I had to come to grips with it. Don't, don't take trade it either. I just had to laugh. Like as soon as he scored. Was it Chris Collinsworth? Just like immediately went to, oh, we can stop debating now. The Eagles won this trade because of this right here. Look at that, Golden Tate. Um, (laughs) But he did. He took a couple shots, Golden Tate, which is uncharacteristic for him, going across the middle in that game. He normally finds a way not to get hit, but he took a couple pops for that Eagles team. So I mean, he's feeling the playoff football and enjoying it. So. yeah, they got they got some weapons there. Nick Foles just seems to have better chemistry. I, I think Wentz is going to be overall the better career. I mean, he may never be a Super Bowl MVP like Nick Foles, though. Uh, it's true. I just like what do you do? What do you do if you're Doug Peterson? If Nick Foles wins you a second Super Bowl, you just keep him as a backup for when Wentz gets hurt. <laughs> 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 you rest, rest. You not rest, rest. You rest. Oh. 
you you play you play Carson Wentz until like you need to until like late in the season, and then you injure him. You're like, hey, somebody, to, <laughs> and to, you need to everyone to doubt your team. <laughs> yep, that's the strategy going forward. Pretty good strategy. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good wild card weekend overall. It's fun to play a football. It makes me a little sad that football is getting even closer to ending. Uh, but that's okay. There's already a lot of news that will carry us into the offseason. Uh, a bunch of teams decided that they don't have Sean McVay on their team and they're going to do everything they can to get him. So let's just start going through uh, some of the coaching hirings that have happened. The first one I thought was the weirdest just in general because the Packers fired McCarthy earlier on. And it was kind of interesting. Why fire your coach so early? Who you, what are they up to? Do they have somebody to mind? All this kind of stuff. And then kind of building the floor from uh, uh, the Titans. And it just kind of was a little bit of a question in my mind of why fire your coach so early if that's the move you're going to make. But uh, Alex, what would you make of that uh, hiring? Yeah, I mean, obviously – but the reason the appeal from Matt LaFleur is that he worked under Sean McVay and he worked under Kyle Shanahan and they hope is that they just rubbed off on him and he can absorb some of their offensive ingenuity. Um, and I, I don't know if we saw a lot of that in at one as his one year of the Titans offense coordinator. Um, there was nothing exciting about the Titans offense. What about that yeah, one I, Patriots game where we immediately <laughs> to lose the next week? <laughs> I, I do think, you know, I, we, we give a lot of credit to these offensive coaches who've turned around teams, Sean McVay, Matt Nagy, but they, they also had a ton of help, like bringing in talent uh, when they, when they came to take over the teams, like uh, when Sean McVay came, they brought in a whole new receiving core. Matt Nagy also brought in a whole new receiving core. I mean, uh, it's it's tough when you're in Tennessee and you're receiving you're, you you really don't have a lot of offensive pieces and Corey Davis though yeah. he's gonna live up to that first round pick hype eventually so, so I mean I I don't know I mean maybe he could he if, in Green Bay with some more with some more talent um I, I do think they they have some talented players they can possibly bring in some more hopefully because uh, their receiving core is a little bit thin but um. Obviously, as Aaron Rodgers and uh, some nice, little, nice running backs, I think. Um, so I don't know. I may, may, who knows? Yeah, I'm not. I don't have a whole lot to say on this. It's it just seems like they're trying to take a chance on somebody from the right lineage, and maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. Uh, I mean, they really want to make Aaron Rodgers happy and make something out of these last few years, and not just kind of uh, ruin that career, but it's, it's tough for when they play in the team with the, or the division with the lions. So, you know, this is yeah. coach is already sweating. Then he's got to face them twice a year. He's got to face Matt Patricia and, uh, underprepared lions. So he's, he's, he's terrified after that 31 zero beat down. Um, another interesting change here. Uh, the Browns will have their third head coach in, in basically a year. Uh, after they uh, promote Freddie Kitchens up to uh, head coach there to continue working with uh, Baker. You worried about these uh, Browns there, uh, Reed? I This hire just seemed odd to me. Like his rise from – what was he when Todd Haley was there? Was he just like a he, quarterback coach? He was coach? the uh, running backs coach. The running backs coach. So from running back coach to – head coach in less than a year 
I just don't understand. Yeah. They had success under Greg Williams, like more success than they're used to in the like pretty so it's pretty pretty far back. And I feel like they could have just kept kept riding that momentum. It seemed like he worked well with Baker. He had the defense disciplined and fighting, and they kept their games close, like even the ones that they lost. Yeah, but I think the biggest turnaround um, you know, since they fired Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley was the offense. Like the defense had been kind of the same all year. And then under Freddie Kitchens, the offense kind of started. I, I think since Freddie Kitchens took over, the Browns had the fourth most yards per drive. Um, but even if that's the case, you could still just keep him at OC and have Greg Williams as the head coach. Right. You could. Uh, but I, I do think. I, I kind of like the move to move Freddie Kitchens to head coach because say you do bring back Greg Williams as a head coach and Freddie Kitchens an offense coordinator and your offense does well, which is what you're hoping, then next year somebody else is going to hire Fred, Freddie Kitchens as a head coach. Like that's what's going to happen. You're going to you're going to lose him. So that's why teams keep wanting to hire these offensive guys as their head coaches just so they can have that offensive guy long term. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I was thinking, too. I mean, they, they want to keep it locked up and not at the risk of losing. I mean, you see how many coordinators just get plucked if they have any sort of success on offense, even if it's only been one year uh, in getting all these head coaching jobs. So, I mean, if you think he is the guy that's going to lead Baker into a future, and, I mean, he had through uh, over 27 touchdowns or 27 exactly, I can't remember, but uh, had a pretty dynamite season for a rookie after a, a slow start under Hugh. Uh, if they think they have someone that's going to be able to develop Baker, I figure you, you just got to take a shot on that and you can't risk losing him in a year. Yeah, I agree. I guess there are some valid points there. Not too bad. Well, one, of these days, one, of, <laughs> one of these days, when you get uh, paid, you'll be uh, <laughs> not coming with those things. Just kidding. Uh, but another team that uh, is just searching for some answers uh, is the Cardinals, after firing their previous one-and-done coach there, uh, they get Cliff Kingsbury out of USC and formerly Texas Tech. Uh, not a very impressive in terms of win-loss college resume, uh, but has worked with some big names and uh, has kind of a reputation for working with quarterbacks and making them pretty special. So uh, do you see this Cardinals offense making a resurgence next year, Alex? Um, well, I, I think – a lot of it, uh, again, I think I, I don't dislike the hire at all. I mean, I think, you know, you bring in a, the guy who's had a lot of offensive success, even if he's not, not had a lot of team success. Um, but he's clearly one of these offensive, you know, innovators. Um, it does kind of remind me of the Chip Kelly hire um, coming out of college, you know. Do you guys remember when you first came in how many people called Chip Kelly a genius? Yeah. For like two I mean, seasons. It's like he's the genius who did all the – just they could not stop using the word genius. And I was like, I mean, let him do something first before like playing him as the best coach that has ever coached a professional football team before. But that, that, and that's, now, that's my and now he's coaching a mediocre UCLA team. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's just my mind. Don't mind me. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, the Chip Kelly was. I don't think it was a system that was the whole problem. I think it was kind of his stubbornness not to, you know, make any modifications, and you know, he felt like his system was better than any of the talent. Um, and 
Uh, see, that, that's that's my biggest thing is the Cardinals. They they need talent. Like uh, having a system's great. Like, but again, like I said before, Matt Nagy, Sean McVay had a lot of help bringing in with the, from their GMs bringing in new guys that have that are talented. Uh, that's what the char- oh, That's what the Cardinals need to do to help Cliff Kingsbury's <laughs> offensive offense succeed. Um, but you know, I like taking a risk. I'd, you know, on a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, you know. I mean, why not? I can't be worse There's than Steve Wilson. Not, so. Literally nothing to lose. As, as long as he realizes that David Johnson's a good football player and utilizes him earlier on, then they'll be in better shape. Yeah, I'll, I'll like the hire if Todd Bowles ends up going there as the DC. Because yeah. that could be interesting. Because the whole thing with him at Texas Tech was just his defenses were garbage. <laughs> they were getting scored like 40 to 50 points. <laughs> Every single game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's um, why they went like six and six every year. Yeah, they need to adopt the Sean McVay model and just have, you know, somebody else just completely in charge of the defense and hopefully it's yeah. be good. Yeah, that that Rams defense has so many big names, but still a little underwhelming. But anyways, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the Bucks, they made a big trade for their coach. They went and got uh, Bruce Arians to um, continue Jameis Winston's stellar career. <laughs> you think Bruce is really going to be able to uh, work some magic here with uh, famous Jameis? Ooh. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that one. Um, but he, I mean, if anybody's a QB whisperer, it's Bruce Arians. I mean, he's worked with some of the best quarterbacks Uh in in the NFL, you know, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer. Um, the, I mean, I I, I I like the hire. Um, obviously, Bruce Garrion's two-time coach of the year can't can't really go wrong with with hiring him. Uh, and I don't know if he's gonna you know work with Jameis or draft somebody new. I, I I'm not entirely sure, but I think uh, you know he definitely has talent. Uh, on that team, on that offense, at least um, to work with. Yeah, the the organization yeah. seems pretty set on Jameis being the quarterback, at least for this next year going forward. So I think that's what he's going to have to try first, or maybe he can convince them to go otherwise. I'm sure he would want to get somebody else in there, but uh, I think uh, he's in danger if they're really <clears throat> expecting Jameis to be their franchise guy, like and stop throwing terrible balls to the other team and things like that. Uh, <laughs> They might be in trouble, and Bruce might not be long for the job. But I, I agree. I tremendously, I think they made a tremendous hire here, and gives him the best possible chance in that way. Uh, but what were you going to say? I, I feel like he's just going to be under the most pressure out of any of the new coaches because, out of all the teams, the Bucks seems like seem like they're the closest to actually succeeding. And so, if he doesn't, he's probably going to have a real short, short leash, and. I mean, we'll see if they keep Fitzpatrick on the team, but yeah, it's they just had a weird year switching back and forth between Winston and Fitzpatrick. It almost just felt like a lost year for development for Winston because they yep. just he was in and out and in and out. Yeah, we'll also yeah. see. I, I mean, there's a. I mean, in terms of like the draft order, I mean, the Bucks pick fifth, but. The teams ahead of them, all of, all of them have their quarterback. So, I mean, they could have their pick of the litter if they want to draft a quarterback. Um, I know their the quarterbacks are not great this year. Not not, not in the Kyler Murray? I, I mean, he doesn't even know if he's going to play. Or Hastings from uh, Ohio State. 
Haskins. I say Hastings. Yeah, I was I, Haskins. Whatever his name is, I don't pay much. <laughs> I don't pay much attention to them Buckets. <laughs> I, I I like he has been hyped up so much, and I just see bust. I don't know why. I just I don't believe in Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to be a not quite Jamarcus Russell level bust, but maybe like a Geno Smith level bust. So he'll have flashes. I'm being a yeah. quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's a tough spot. It'll be interesting. Again, I think it would be in their best interest that they're able to get a good, uh, more stable quarterback in there. And if they found a way to somehow trade Jameis for another another uh, piece, that would be incredible for the Bucks. Uh, but I like that Bruce Arians hire. It'll be fun to kind of see what he can do there. He is a tremendous coach, and it's the league is better for having him in there. Uh, and then speaking of a, another coach that's uh, just kind of swapping teams, Adam Gase going to the Jets. Kind of an interesting move there for the Jets. Do you think uh, he's going to be the one to uh, really connect with uh, Savior Sam? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. And then we'll think about the next team now. <laughs> Why just retread these old coaches who just I, failed? I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, what do they think is going to happen? Is he just going to magically get better? I, I mean, I, I know he's had some some success. I think he should, you know, get a coordinator job somewhere, but he clearly, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think, I, I know he's probably led the Dolphins to some better records than they should have had, but I don't really feel like, you know, him being able to, his mag, magic for winning close games is uh, something that, you know, can well, translate. It's, to, it's not like he's going to a team with any more talent yeah. than the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, I've been impressed that the Dolphins team seem to outperform what our expectations, but when your expectations, they might be like three and uh, 13 to outperform. That's not necessarily <laughs> incredible to go in six and 10, seven and nine type things. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think he can do some things to really help a squad, but not necessarily put him over the edge. So maybe he'll be good for development for a couple of years and then they find somebody new. But uh, seems like an interesting mix there. Uh, but they're, they've got to be. They had to make this decision virtually based all around the quarterback position to see, because uh, that's their future. If he's able to develop, then the Jets can get back to relevance. If not, then uh, doesn't matter who's their coach, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I don't have too much to say about Aaron Gates. We'll kind of see some more of the same, maybe some crazy yeah. miracle victories and different things. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> The the, uh, the Browns, the Broncos actually made a pretty, pretty big hire. I would say, as we talked about, teams having good coordinators and then they get poached a year or two in to go to some other team, and it kind of really hurts. I think this is almost a bigger loss for the Bears than it is gain for the Broncos. Uh, What do you make of Vic being the new uh, coach there in uh, Denver? Yeah, I kind of hear what you're saying. I do think it's a big loss for the Bears. Um, My biggest question i mean the broncos are clearly you know everybody else hired an offensive guy broncos are the one guy to hire a defensive guy um and i i i i like the move i mean the the reason for it i think for them going defense is because they wanted to bring in gary kubiak as their offensive coordinator uh down from because he wanted to go back to being a coordinator and they say hey here's an idea be our offensive coordinator because he already worked in their he was working in their front front office um 
uh, and he didn't want uh, apparently he didn't want to be a head coach because uh, for his he- his health reasons, you know, he's had his heart problems and the stress of being a head coach apparently too much, but being an offensive coordinator, he, th- he thought he could handle. Um, so I think that pairing, I think, will you know, Vic Fangio has been one of the best defensive coordinators in the league um, over the past ten years. So. Yeah, bring that Broncos defense back to where it was. That's all fine and fine and good, but I mean the offense still has major question marks. Yeah, who's playing quarterback? (laughs) Well, I mean somebody's got to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, definitely an interesting situation there. But I think they brought in someone who's going to maximize their strengths. Uh, and we'll see what they can do when their weaknesses. It's kind of some people trying to be well-rounded, other people trying to have very pronounced strengths. And, of course, having the best defense in the league translated to a one-and-done for the Bears, so maybe they'd be pretty happy in having that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's okay. Quarterback position is not important when you got an undrafted running back that is, uh, is a beast. So. <laughs> that's true. They got all that they need there. Uh, but yeah, no, a lot of coaching hires. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's got to be scary to be one of these teams looking for a head coach when uh, there's so many other teams looking for a head coach. And I wonder how many of them had their first or second choices already taken before they got their guy or if every team feels like, man, we found the hidden gem this season. Uh, I know it was scary even last year as, as they, the Lions were searching for a coach, even though they basically – knew who they wanted and got who they wanted. And it's turned out fantastic. So, um, you know, good luck to all these teams, except for the Packers. And uh, it'll be a fun season next year with, with these new guys. <laughs> and, um, and the Bengals still have not hired anybody. So, well, they, well we're close. They gotta, they gotta, they're, they're searching everywhere, high and low. And very excited for in two weeks when they say, you know what, Marvin Lewis, you want to come back? And he's like, <laughs> give me three more years. Uh, Marvin Lewis and then he just lets Hugh be the offense and defensive coordinator (laughs) (laughs) the the rumors that I've heard is that it's going to be Zach Taylor from the Rams Uh, and I just (laughs) on the Browns for bringing up a running backs coach to a head coach in less than a year this guy is the passing game coordinator for the Rams and now he's more than likely going to be our head coach. Yeah, would you look at so that? If he, if he accepts the job. If or, he accepts. Or you yes. could pull a Josh McDaniels, and then you're like, oh, we need to find somebody else. <laughs> so I guess it worked out for the Colts. So. Yeah, True. Definitely if, yeah, if we Colts. could work that out like the Colts, then I would be very happy. Mm-hmm. I would love to have Frank Reich and maybe <laughs> Eberflus as DC. Oh, man. It is a good good time. Good time for all these coaches. We'll see um, how all these new additions work out. There will be plenty of analysis and more than likely a few jokes on uh, profootballjokes.com. I have some great articles for everybody about these guys. But uh, let's talk about actual football that's coming up with coaches that have had clear success with their teams as they've made it to the second round. Uh, let's start previewing some games for this week. So what should we look for in this Colts versus Chiefs game? Out. Um, I mean, I'd pick the Colts to win this game because um, I honestly I I think I trust the Colts more uh, I, I know Patrick Mahomes has been fantastic all season um, and the question is you know will he be able to finish this at what will most likely be a shootout between him and Andrew Luck um, I, I mean Patrick Mahomes has, hasn't really had to put up a stinker all season so I expect him to put up points for sure 
Um, but I expect Andrew Luck to keep pace. And in the end, I trust the guy who I've seen do it more more times. I mean, so I'm I'm, I'm going with Andrew Luck in this one. Mm. What about you, Reed? Uh, I think it's going to just depend on if the Chiefs can get back to being, you know, those crazy Chiefs we saw more towards the beginning and middle of the season before everything happened with Kareem Hunt. After that, it seemed like they kind of hit a lull, almost like they knew they were getting into the playoffs and it was just kind of going through the motions. And, I mean, you could say they pretty much, I mean, they got a bye, so you can't really say they backed into the playoffs, but they have not looked as deadly. And so Mm -hmm. I just want to see if they can get a ground attack going like they used to. Um, I mean, Damian Williams has been doing decent for them, but he's obviously not a Kareem Hunt type. And I mean, Andy Reid has eventually got to break whatever curse he's got. Not quite as bad as the Bengals, (laughs) but he does not have a lot of playoff success. So that's always going to be hanging over his head. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how that all goes. I mean, of course, we make a lot of jokes here, but uh, we never joke about domestic violence, and it is a complete shame that Kareem Hunt messed up in that way. And, uh, there are so many more important things than a hurt football team based on that incident, but uh, the Chiefs are yes. definitely not in as good of a place as they would have been if uh, he, he was a part of their team. But they did they did right to, to move on from him and, and show that, again, there's more important things in football. Uh, but I did, too, pick the Colts to win this game. I think they're the hot team. I think their defense will do uh, enough, and their offense has, has been uh, pretty proven. And I like Andrew Luck. I really think he's a winner. He's a gamer. He's never afraid of the moment or if he's going to be uh, – if he's out of it, if they're down a little bit. But also, the whole time I'm, I picked the Colts to win, I'm just fearful of Patrick Mahomes. That dude is electric, and he's not afraid to make big plays, to make big throws. He's got the arm talent to literally make any throw that we've ever seen before. So – uh, and I, it's just a joy to watch him do so as he, as he moves around. So this will be probably uh, – it's actually tough. There's so many good games. I was about to say this is my, the game I'm looking forward to most because I enjoyed the shootout and some of the chess match involved on that. And we'll see if Andy Reid's able to manage the end of the game well if they need two scores or if they need to prevent the Colts from getting the ball back. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Colts on this one, and it's uh, going to be a fight. I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly Tyreek Hill – found himself wide open for three 80 yard touchdowns in the first quarter. And I'm kind of scratching my head on why I picked the Colts. Uh, but uh, T.Y. Hilton's also known to bust one too. So uh, it should be a, a really fun matchup there in Arrowhead. So uh, yeah, very excited for that one to kick off. This next game looks a little bit different where you actually have a pretty stout defense and if it has a chance to shut down the, the Rams. So uh, what do you guys make of this Cowboys at Rams game? Yeah. My question is, you know, for this game, it, I think it comes down to Jared Goff. I mean, uh, we saw that the Rams, uh, I mean, that the, the Cowboys can shut down the running game. Uh, they, they shut down Seattle's running game, um, and Seahawks just chose not to pass. Um, the Rams, I don't think, will do that. I think they will pass. Uh, the only question is, will Jared Goff be able to be up to the task? Because there have been some games where he struggled recently. Uh, so... Uh, it it's really it comes down to that. Can he make the plays when the Rams need them? He does have Todd Gurley back though, so that should be a huge bonus for for the Rams. I just said that they're going to shut down the running game, Reed. That's what they're going to do. I'm predicting it. You think the Cowboys are going to shut down the Rams' running game? I think the Seahawks have a much better running game than the than the Rams, and they shut down the Seahawks' running game. 
Uh, <laughs> are you saying you're, you're, are you saying you're putting like Chris Carson and Gurley on the same level? I didn't or say just the running. Game I said the running game in general. Um, okay. I mean, of course, you can get Todd Gurley involved in the passing game too, which which will definitely be a be a boost. Um, help out Jared Goff there. Um, but uh, at the end, uh, at the end of the day, I just don't trust the the, the Cowboys' offense, uh, especially on the road. I mean, the Cow- they should have confidence. Nobody trusted them against the Saints way back when. Yeah, when, but that was a, that was at home. Was. Was. Yeah, and this is in LA. Watch out for them fierce LA Ram fans. <laughs> Packed pack house. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Cowboys just haven't been as good away from home. I think they. No, they've they been just, they've been two different teams. Uh, unless I mean, I went with the Rams in this one because I just think overall they're going to win out. Uh, I, I wouldn't be scared of Jared Goff. I, I'm really not at all. But the, I do think the Rams are going to do enough to win this. They're going to put up probably high twenties, low thirties in terms of points. And uh, even though they're not going against that great of a defense, I just can see. Uh, Donald making enough plays uh, there to really uh, disrupt Zeke. And uh, uh, I don't think Prescott's going to be up to, uh, if they go down two scores, if he's going to be able to really will them back. So uh, I, I think the Rams will just kind of take this one kind of solid. Uh, but uh, the Cowboys have already surprised people already, so maybe they got some of their sleeves. But I, I would definitely be I'm pretty confident in the Rams in this game. Yeah, I also think that the Cowboys' offense is too concentrated. They, uh, it just all goes through Zeke and Amari Cooper, uh, and I think Wade Phillips will be able to scheme something to take at least one of those guys away. Um, even though I know that the Rams' defense hasn't been hasn't been great this year, but I I still trust Wade as one of the best defensive minds in the in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and this is the next game we'll probably have a little bit more debate on the sides. It's 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 crazy good matchup and rematch of 2007. Hopefully, uh, Bill Rivers has a completely healthy ACL in this one. Uh, but you got uh, the Chargers going into Foxborough playing Tom Brady and his Patriots. Somehow got a, a first round bye. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm I'm looking forward to this game. It's supposed to snow, um, which probably Ooh. favors the the Patriots in this one. Um, but I, I feel like the Chargers have been the better team all year. Um, they, I think their defense has been playing. I, I think their defense is better. I think their offense is better too. So I, I, I don't, they're, they're they, the, have a kicker. <laughs> they do. Uh, I, I, th- I don't see a lot of places where the Patriots are better than the Chargers. I don't know if there's any place that the Patriots are better than the Chargers. Um, but, I still kind of trust the Patriots at home. They're un- they're the only team that's undefeated at home this year, so they they still manage to to get those wins. And you know, with the snow and Philip Rivers never beaten Tom Brady, I I could definitely see this one going either way. But I, I I can't I can't pick against the Patriots. The fun part about this is the Chargers, even on the road, are playing at home because that's where their skill set lies. <laughs> Uh, yeah. when they're on the road. It's the same. It doesn't matter. Battle of two home teams in this one. Uh, the, the Chargers, I actually, like you, I think they have more talent on the defensive and offensive sides of the ball, and their defense I will be able to get the, the right kind of pressure on Brady, where they only have to rush four and then get it inside, and you got you got that whole Bosa and Ingram moving all around there. It's tough to they'll, – they'll find the weak spots in the matchups that work best. 
uh, and just keep Brady under fire all day long. And uh, the receiving core for Brady this year just hasn't been that strong. Edelman's been good, but not not really his full self. Gronk, we'll see if he's got something extra for the playoffs here. Of course, they lost Gordon, and, and Hogan's been a non-factor. So I'm not really scared of uh, um, them getting the ball out to all those kind of playmakers. And the running game for the Pats has not been – they haven't found their random guy off the street to rush for 200 yards and four touchdowns. So maybe that'll be this game. But uh, uh, I'm really worried for him. I mean, again, like – you trust Belichick, you trust Brady, they're in Foxborough. Everything's kind of set up for them to win except for the talent in the game. And Phil Rivers is probably as locked in as he'll ever get, and this is the best chance he's got to pick him out. So, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going with the Surgeon Chargers in this one. Yeah, I mean, this seems like the most vulnerable the Patriots have been in recent memory, but that's also when they seem to prove everybody wrong and then go make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, or go rip off a bunch of wins. Yeah, I will say I I, I can't bring myself to pick against the Patriots, but I I, I don't feel think I've ever felt more nervous picking a Patriots team at home. Uh, they just don't seem like the same team. Uh, I mean, you know, normally if I pick Patriots at home, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I, I I don't really trust them in the same way. I don't think Brady's really been had any game where he's looked like his old self. Uh, I mean, maybe the the Chiefs game he played pretty well, but I, even then, I don't think he was making like incredible throws or anything like that. Uh, it just doesn't look like he's he's quite the same guy. Obviously, yeah, he may have been 41. a little. Yeah, he may have been a little overzealous when he said he was going to play till forty five. I think he's going to play till he's forty five. No doubt, in my mind. TB twelve. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, uh, he might be regretting saying that. I mean, it's still not like he's a bad quarterback by any means, but just, no, just no. not like the best quarterback in the NFL anymore. I just, I just enjoy too because I'm with you. Like we're like, oh man, this is like the worst and weakest Pets team we've seen in a while. They're still the freaking two seed. They got to buy. Like how yeah, freaking still got to buy? <laughs> like again, you can say, oh, their division's weak and all this other stuff. That is definitely true, but. It's just great that they can be such a down team for so long that their worst team is a, is a second seed first round by the squad. So uh, it'll be surprising if they go one and done. But again, I picked the pick the Chargers to take it. And uh, this last game uh, is kind of a uh, freak sort of matchup. It was something that uh, the Saints are probably happy to have because last year they thought they would have stomped the Eagles and made the Super Bowl. But uh, they get their chance this year to see if they can do it. The Saints taking on the defending champs. Should be a fun one. Is this the game earlier in the year where the Saints were up by like a ton and they still just kept on doing kind of trickery what to keep a, scoring? They, yeah. to score they, they went for it on like fourth and seven and scored a touchdown to <laughs> Alvin Kamara. <laughs> so they were up like 30. That was pretty awesome. So there might there might be a little bit of revenge in there for the, the Malcolm Eagles Jenkins defense. flicked off Sean Payton after <laughs> which is pretty awesome. This is such a good joke, which we appreciate all those kind of jokes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the Saints definitely have looked more vulnerable towards the end of the year, but unlike the Rams, the Saints kept winning even when they were yeah. uh, struggling. So. Uh, I think the Saints, again, I, I would be awesome if they did the exact same sort of thing uh, to the Eagles. I would be a big fan. Uh, and I, I truly think they will. They'll get some stuff rolling. Eagles' defense has completely transformed since the last time they've played. Uh, so it might not be as easy to throw up that many points on them. But uh, 
The Saints defense is, again, no joke either. And I, I think the Eagles will have similar success as they did towards the Bears where they're going to get, I mean, anywhere between 15 and 24 points tops. And I, I definitely think the Saints are, are going to 28, 35 type points in this game. Yeah, if, if Nick Foles managed to pull this one out, then I, I, I will admit there's like just something magical about him. I, I just don't understand it. <laughs> but I, I, I agree. I, I don't think he will. Yeah, I think this is the end of the line for the Eagles. Yeah. That'd be fun. I, I, I would enjoy seeing a dominant Saints performance to just kind of get them geared up because there's a lot of good football left in the season. And I want to see teams playing at their best rather than kind of stalling out and they used all the good stuff in the first 10 weeks. If they do stall out, same like the Rams and the, and the Saints say if they both stall out, I definitely think there'll be a change to the start of the year next year where teams aren't trying to be that dominant so that people don't figure them out too early. Uh, uh, but with all those, the preview, we're all obviously excited to watch some football, but uh, there are some things that we need to overreact to from this uh, past uh, week of football and all these hirings and different things. So, uh, we're going to start with the unpaid intern. Reeb, what is your overreaction? My overreaction. Uh, oh gosh, <laughs> I don't know how to frame. I don't know how to frame this as an overreaction. It's kind of similar to one of my other ones. I'm unlucky. And I still think I'm never going to win a fantasy championship. And I'm never going to win a pick Because I had the lead and I went. Oh, for four in the wild card matchup picks. Yeah, it's a tough. So one. I'm really hoping that does not happen again this week. You mean so super over- hoping it happens? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not even overreacting. That's just kind of exactly what happened. So. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Overreaction. He's quit. He's accepting that he's unpaid. <laughs> Uh, Alex, do you have an overreaction from this week? I do. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the Chargers-Ravens game and how you know people were saying uh, the Ravens should bench uh, Lamar Jackson for Joe Flacco. I'm in on that. I think the Ravens not, not only should have done it, they should have Joe Flacco as their starting quarterback next year. They should trade away Lamar Jackson. Can't win with just running the ball all the time. Uh, I mean, you got to you, you got to be able to pass it at some point. Uh, and Joe Flacco, still an elite quarterback in the playoffs, could have led you, could have made another magical playoff run had you put him in uh, in the playoffs. That's when he succeeds. Uh, and I think they they, they should they should have kept him in. Ravens would have won the Super Bowl. That's my overreaction. Shoot, <laughs> Jerry, I'm thinking that that is one heck of an overreaction. Uh, and. and <laughs> Uh, and my overreaction is uh, <laughs> not quite that intense, but it, I think it's pretty good. Uh, my overreaction is if you find out that your kicker hits the uprights multiple times in a game, <laughs> that you should get a different kicker. Uh, and teams should invest a lot more effort into their games because these come down to, oh, man, my superstar quarterback and all my high-paid athletes got it to this one kick. Oh, the season's over. <laughs> and everybody has to walk out of their home stadium uh, 
that disappointed. So my overreaction is do whatever you can to invest in all the possible kickers. I don't know how there's people. I mean, even uh, the Tucker <laughs> missed a kick this week, but the Chargers, after 18 years and terrible curses, found somebody to make field goals in a playoff game. There are people like Vinatieri that kick forever. So there's got to be some people out there that can kick a football through the uprights. Just don't use your second round pick on a person with the last name of Aguayo. <laughs> yes, not going to work. Do not for call you. for his brother, or maybe ask Seabass to work out with the team once or twice a week, so he doesn't just rip his leg off. Maybe, maybe stretch a little bit before the game. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe it should have been a sign when uh, he tried to make that tackle and just <laughs> couldn't even stop. <laughs> Man, that guy is built like a tank. Oh, my gosh. Well, so many good things are happening in the, in, in the football, so we appreciate everybody who has taken the time to uh, listen to this playoff edition of our Pro Football Jokes podcast. Look for our content up on the website, profootballjokes.com. Uh, there's some great things up there. Of course, check out our pick'em as Reeb is nervous as he's about to fall apart after a, a pretty good season for him. Any last word, guys? Looking forward to some football this weekend. And I love jokes. He definitely loves jokes. Happy birthday to Alex and to anybody else there and listening who's had a recent birthday. Hopefully you had as much Cheesecake Factory and Ruth Chris and Costco cake as Alex did on his uh, fantastic birthday. But uh, one more time, can we make it on Comfort Make it uncomfortable. All right. We will catch everybody next week on the Pro Football Jokes podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Pro Football Joke. <laughs> <laughs>